Hey, it's Margot Tantau here, host of Windowsill Chats. I am so glad you're here. I have some tales to tell, some interesting stories to discover, and I'm glad you're here to do that with me. I've spent decades working with artists and being one myself. In the trenches, figuring out what the best way is to get something done, how to get something made, how to get your creative self noticed, how to make the best of a situation. And so I'm here to bring those stories to you and see if there's anything you can pull out from it. Maybe a laugh, something you can relate to, and definitely a little bit more community for your quiet little corner. So grab a cup of tea or coffee or a glass of wine and join me over in my sunny windowsill. Yes, I need your trouble. Everybody, welcome back to Windowsill Chats. I'm super, super excited to be talking to a friend of mine today, Mady Rose McDonough. Mady's an artist and daring adventurer whose name, by the way, is pronounced Mady like a hoy, even though it looks like it might be pronounced a different way. <laughs> <laughs> Mady grew up near the sea in Maine and now lives in the Bay Area of California. After wanting to be an artist for many years, but feeling like it was impractical, which many of us can relate to, at 29 years, Mady took the leap and went back to art school at the California College of the Arts, which is always where I wanted to go, Mady, but I never did. Now, over 10 years later, she is still excited and terrified every time she sees a blank canvas, but embraces the adventure of life as an artist. Penning her first book with this philosophy, was called Daring Adventures of Paint. And if you look in the show notes, you'll see her amazing, just juicy, delicious um, artwork. I just love it so much. Mady has had dozens of art shows, taught painting classes internationally in Italy, Morocco, Costa Rica, and she'll do that again when we can. Her illustrations grace all sorts of products from camera cases to giant elephant billboards, as well as her own home decor line and dress line too. Definitely dreams come true. I have one of those vases. I love it so much. She is pinching herself after all those years that she is making her living as an artist. Mady has illustrated four children's books, including I Carry Your Heart, written by the poet E.E. E. Cummings. Through her workshops, books, and popular online courses, she spreads a warm message of creative courage. It is never too late to show the world your magic. I am so excited to be talking to you today. First of all, just because I want to catch up. Margo. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> Absolutely. So we chatted a little bit ahead of time, you know, Mady and I have talked art and business and, you know, what's next and how to dissect it all for, for a long time. And one of the things I love about you is all the things you've kind of dug in and done, like product development, working with companies like Home um, Creative Co-op and, you know, paper goods and the books and, and all that. But I just love that you keep coming back to paint 
and how that segued into bringing that love to so many other people. I'd love to know a little bit about how you got into it and then kind of how you made your changes along the way. And then we'll, we'll go from there, kind of where things are now. I know it's always like where to start, but (laughs) I will start, um, right before I went to art school, I was obsessed with children's books Mm. and I still am. I love story and illustration, um, and playfulness. And that was the first time I was working at an art law firm and I learned a lot about contracts and I was a legal assistant and I was taking kids book illustration classes at night. And then, you know, during my lunch break, I would take a walk. I was living in San Francisco in the mission district, go get a burrito. And I would have, you know, I would see a little chihuahua and I would imagine that chihuahua like chasing an ice cream cart and then like created this whole kid's book story around that. And um, that was my first entry just where I was obsessed thinking about art all the time. That's so interesting that you, do you think it was the fact that the law firm was creative or was it just you expanding your... I always wanted to be an artist, you know, since, you know, we all were, right, as children, but... Yeah. Um, and then I think I just thought I had to make it something practical. Mm. And then I got laid off during the, I'm dating myself, the dot-com crash. Yeah. And that's, I had an opportunity to figure out what my next step was. And, you know, after many years of saving up money, waitressing, all that, I went to the California College of the Arts. Um, and then. So good. Yeah. And then that's when I, when I finished, I started working with um, your friend, um, Lilla Rogers, the art agent. So I worked with her and focused on illustration and licensing and kid art for about seven years and then transitioned a bunch of life um, circumstances. I got divorced. I started painting I'd always been painting like big mushy paintings, but I could not paint anything bright and cute like mm-hmm. I was doing before. I went through a dark phase. And then just one thing led to another where I started teaching online courses, my Daring Adventures in Paint class. And you did a collage one in there. That Was that one of the first ones? collage one. Yeah, I've done probably a dozen different online classes. So like, how'd you decide, because you taught online courses, maybe before you were one of the first people to be teaching some of those art courses online. Did oh you just gosh. figure it out? Well, first, another mutual friend, Lisa Congdon and I taught an online course. Oh, um, that's right. It was called Get Your Paint On. Oh my gosh. And it was free. We didn't even have videos at that point. It was just like a password protected blog. Mm-hmm. So that was really fun. And that was inspired by... Um, our friend Kelly Ray's course who had taught one and we we're, were yeah. both struggling in that point. And I remember sitting at a coffee shop and being like, let's just try it. And nice. it was, it was great. And so we stopped doing that. And then after I went through my divorce and I was literally like negative in my bank account, I, <laughs> it was pulling teeth. I did not want to teach a class on camera, mm-hmm. you know? I, so I was destitute right after my divorce And I had been grieving for about six months. And it was just a moment where I did not want to teach a class. I felt shy. I didn't want to be behind a camera, but like a lot of visual artists, but I had to, I had to come up with some income. 
And I think underneath it all, I wanted to, but it just felt very painful to unearth that, to do yeah. that on my own. Yeah. And um, very brave. Yeah. And it's just, it requires a lot of skill sets that we don't necessarily mm-hmm. have. This was about eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And so everything just fell into place. I had someone offer for trade to video it, fly in from Arizona. Huge. Someone helped me um, with the website design and music layout. My sister loaned me like $50 to send a newsletter. (laughs) And the next day I launched it. And the next day, 300 people had signed up and I made $30,000. Oh my gosh. Maybe $50. Wow. Okay. Are you listening people? I know. And I think by the, I think 350 people had signed up by the time it started. And it was just like such affirmation. And then it felt like it was such um, medicine for me, obviously, to have that abundance, but also to the metaphor of daring adventures and paint, like what yes. you're creating on the canvas, you can create in your life and be more bold and brave. And I was being brave and yeah. making an e-course that was hard, but yeah. I, I just love the metaphor and all that. It's just, I mean, a lot of us are in that place right now. Did you, did you have a mailing list or how did you put the word out? What did yeah, you do with that? I had gradually built a mailing list from, um, you know, I'd sold a lot of art on Etsy, a lot of art mm-hmm. prints. So those people and people would come to my open studios. And so, yeah. And then I had friends who shared it. Yeah. And well, that was fantastic. And I think there just wasn't, there weren't at that many e-courses at that time. Now there are so many. Right. But still also, I still feel like you have some, I mean, we all do. I mean, anybody has their own take on things, but you really, you really do have such a colorful, wonderful take on things. And I still remember some of those videos and one of them where you had that studio, tiny, tiny studio for a minute there, but you had all that paint squeezed out and the colors and it's all just rich and juicy and you want to just, it makes you want to get right in there. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece of it is making it so anyone can paint and paint it out, get it out. It works. I took that class. Yeah. I sold a piece out of that class. No way. I actually remember that. That's (laughs) really fun. You are such a talent. (laughs) Just, I just need people like you to, you know, stop my, stop my, like be our doulas, right? Yeah, we do. (laughs) I, I really think so. Mm-hmm. I really think so. And that's a good question. Like for you, you've kept going on the teaching and we'll keep talking about that. But like, who's your doula? Like, who's your muse? How do you keep going? I have so many. And I'm, I mean, I think mainly peers this past week, every day I was checking in with my friend Willow Sana. She's a life coach. And we were both trying to hold each other accountable for some projects that we're trying to birth. And so it was just like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we're just texting each other, like, what have you done? But I feel we have lots of similar friends who are artists and entrepreneurs and are making things happen. So I feel like I lean on them a lot. I, I must say, I'm lucky enough to be in a one of those sort of groups of friends with Mady. And somebody asked me once, you know, do you have great friends, dear friends on Vashon? I know I've said this before, I have fantastic friends on Vashon, but I think some of my most like-minded friends, it's those times we can get together where maybe you, you know, all rent a house together and you're, you can talk about what you're going through and you can 
urge each other along and support each other's, you know, hits and misses. And those are, those are just the most golden opportunities. Truly. I know. Really so grateful. Lucky. We are. And, and right now, I mean, it's things like this. I'm, I'm so glad to have a chance to connect. It's been a reason to stop and talk to people, you know, where maybe, maybe we weren't before. Exactly. I know. Oh gosh. I can't even believe that we've been in this pandemic for over six months. I know it's, it's staggering. So tell me how, I mean, you must've had courses planned, traveling courses planned that you had to cancel. So my friend Faith Evansills and I have been teaching in Costa Rica and Morocco, and we had, have had a trip planned to France. And the one to Costa Rica was all ready to go in April, and it was before it was announced a pandemic. Mm. And so that was super stressful. To, we were you know, reading a lot, trying to figure it out, calling the yoga spa in Costa Rica. And they're like, it's okay. Like, you know, we'll just give you a turmeric shot. And we're like, we we don't (laughs) want to bring you something, you know, like it's a, I think it's a bigger deal. And then several days later, the pandemic was announced and the borders were shut. So it was, we'd already made the decision to call it off, but there was a week or two there that it was super stressful because we had all these people signed up ready to go. And they kept emailing us and we're like, I think we're still going, but we're going to try to figure this out. Well, we didn't really, none of us knew what we were doing. Exactly. So when did you teach your first retreat? It was Costa Rica was the first one, right? Um, there were a lot that I taught um, in the U.S. First, yeah. Like Squam. And, oh, that's right. Well, sure. Um, yeah. But the first international one was actually with Kelly Ray in probably like 10 years ago. We went to Italy. So you had, you kind of figured out that you could do it. Right. So that one in particular, we, you know, see, she's also just such a dreamer. And we're like, let's try to go to Italy. And we Love it. looked up some things online and reached out to this company that led retreats in Italy. And the guy wrote back. And I just remember getting the email and screaming like, oh my gosh, I'm sure. we can go to Italy. And of course, at that time, you know, I think only five people signed up. It was really small, oh. but we got our plane ticket and our stay paid for. And we're just like, yes. There was just a pivot where my friend Faith, who I met at Squam, Mm. she and I were talking on the phone and she had planned to go to Costa Rica with another friend who dropped out. And she was like, would you want to go? And it was just such a clear hell yes. Yeah. And it was the first time that I taught a retreat that we fully organized how we wanted it and visioned how we wanted it instead of having another company do that. So was that a big um, hassle to go from company driven to doing it yourself? Not initially, because we were so naive. We were like, <laughs> yeah, let's just like figure it out. As we Not go until along. you figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> we like rented a car. And I just remember we were driving at night. There was, you know, on these dirt roads, we couldn't find the place we had oh, rented. And, oh my gosh. And we were like, oh my gosh, we probably need tables. Like, where do you get tables? Just all the things that. Yeah. If I had known, if we had known, we probably wouldn't have done, but yeah. But once you figure it out, you can do it again. Exactly. It's so painful to talk about right now and that we aren't traveling, but it also makes me appreciate it. Yeah. So I would imagine as you're changing your business and you're adding retreats and more online courses and things like that, you know, and we've talked about this before, how do we, how do we grow our business? How do we put it out there in a certain way that the right people see it? And, and then all of a sudden we've had to stop and think, what can our business look like now? How do we show up? How do we feel true to ourselves? How do we keep our people 
paying attention? Do we keep our, you know, all that. Yeah. So what's that look like for you now? Because I think it's, it's going to be this way for a while. So w- what do you do with a business that you have counted on in person? Yeah. I mean, I've definitely leaned into the online classes. Um, Faith and I did a two week virtual retreat where we had filmed the lessons previously just on our phones, but in Costa Rica to give people a flavor of it. Oh, that's clever. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Cause you launched something not very long ago. Yeah. So that was just a taste for people. Nice. To, but also I think it really served as, you know, a way for them to escape even more yeah. to the tropics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we had taken videos, you know, on our golf carts where we were driving around and it was just, even I having been there reliving it, I was like, Oh, this is so nice. I think I've really, I mean, I've been through all of the roller coaster probably that we all have, but I've really embraced the slowing down piece and the really leaning into my intuition and trusting um, that what I'm doing is going to lead me to the next thing. And I guess if I look backwards, that has always worked. You know, like when I wanted to work with my illustration agent, Lilla, that was such a big dream, you know? Mm -hmm. So I, it was definitely, it was a hell yes. And then it was confusing when I was making the transition to teaching. There's still part of me that wants to write stories and illustrate and do those things. But I've just had such a craving to make big, colorful, cathartic paintings. Are you painting a lot right now? So much. Yes, that's been a gift. I think there's so much to be said too about paying attention to that intuition. I mean, it's there all the time, but I feel like pre-COVID, we're we're racing to do that next thing often. Or gosh, we just had a retreat. We have to plan our uh, the next one. Should we be should we add Morocco? You know, like should we be doing another book? When should we film? Mm-hmm. All that and and then sort of a forced slowdown. You know, is bringing up honestly some gifts. I yeah, think. absolutely. What about for you? You know, I, there's a few things I've been wanting to do for such a long time. I mean, you know, I just, I love working with artists and, and moving their businesses forward. So I feel like, well, I'm working with Studio M, which is a outdoor, a company that's been making really fantastic artist-driven outdoor products for over 30 years. And that feels really good to be working with a company who is very artist-driven because that goes right cool. along with my the integrity I have around that. It's cool. They're starting a print on demand program very soon. And that's exciting to be kind of spearheading that and, and picking people to, to beta test it and putting different products out there than, than you can get with print on demand companies right now. But definitely the podcast I feel is a way for just regular. I've heard at the feedback I've gotten of people saying, Oh my gosh, I saw myself, I heard myself, you know, it was just somebody trying their hardest to do their best, you know, instead of somebody who's already made it and made made it sound, you know, like no prob have got this, you know, (laughs) sussed. But I think for me, just being as real as possible now and connecting people, collaboration, connection, and working on different ways to do that even more. You are so inspiring and just like such a creative brainstormer, such a champion of all of us artists. You know, I'd rather champion you than have to go do it myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but right? thank you. But that's thank a you. gift. Not everyone has that secret sauce. 
Thank you. I, I love doing it. It's absolutely my passion. I mean, I get so, so fired up when I see something that looks like somebody else's or, you know, and, yeah. and so, so if I, I feel like if I can educate about that or, or, or help elevate somebody's name as being the owner of that style or, you know, get the product out into the market, I've just, I don't know the things we do and how we get there. It's, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think our parents era, it was get a job, have that job, do that job. That's what you're made to do. And like, right. like you said, law, working around a law office, like mm-hmm. I shouldn't be an artist. I should do something practical. Right. Well, I was like, oh, I'm smart. I maybe should be a lawyer, you know, like in, <laughs> in undergrad, I minored in painting, but I thought I would be practical and study Latin American studies, which is just hilarious. It's not any more practical. <laughs> Fantastic combination. It's practical for now when you do your retreats in Costa Rica. Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, but I just think it's funny how we put ourselves in these boxes. Like this is, you know, practical. But I, I do mentor and, you know, coach other artists. And I was having a conversation with an artist that I was coaching and she was just like, it's just frustrating. Like you can't get like a diploma as an artist and, and make it right. Like you Mm -hmm. can't get credentials. Like schooling doesn't really matter. It might connect you to people or Mm -hmm. deepen your craft, but it is, it's kind of frustrating in that way. You have nothing really to lean on. You really don't. It seems so differently. I mean, certainly there's a lot of respect for being a creative, but it's still like, it is when, precarious. when are you getting a real job? <laughs> yeah. So you really have to make it happen. You really do. So I love, you know, I love thinking about what are tips and tricks around that. And I think it depends on the circumstance, but would you say you like, as you think back, what are, what have been some of your aha moments? Like when you help somebody that's in a different place, becoming an artist than you are, what do you suggest? Yeah. Thinking back to this coaching session too, it's really, it's owning your own story, whatever that is. And for her, she's had this whole experience as a therapist and she's retired and just like, she has so much more wisdom from doing that work, but it's really, I think what has happened in the last however many years is we're stuck in these comparison traps, right? On social media and and saying like, why don't I have more followers? Why don't I sell more paintings, et cetera, et cetera. But it's consistently returning to the why. Why are you doing this work? What is your purpose? And trying to match, you know, your authentic purpose and not doing that comparison. I think comparison is helpful to see, you know, to learn from other people and to see where you want to go and to have that drive you. But then it quickly can turn into, I'm not good enough if you don't have that inner knowing. It really can. I I feel like, and for everybody, you know, we see these super accomplished people and and some we know well, and and we've had those very conversations, you know, and it's all of us like if you give yourself too, too much rope, you know, don't think about it. Just do it. You right. know, don't give right. yourself time to compare. You right. know, Lilla, Lilla and I had a conversation once about one of the times that I thought about being a rep because I've been asked so many times. Oh my gosh, you'd be so good at it. So I called her up and I said, this is what I'm thinking about, but I don't know. I, she and I have similar tastes and, and mm-hmm. passions. And she said, you know, 
it's such a big pie. There's a piece for everyone. There's a place for everyone. Do it, you know, if that's yeah. what you want to do. And I think every, and then she went on to say, do you like paperwork? I'm like, no. <laughs> that's so helpful that she said that, right? It was really helpful. That was like, okay, never mind. But it's true. I feel like, for instance, you have a partner in faith, that a business partner that you paint with and make paint how-to videos and you each you each impart your own part of you into that. And there's no way it could be the same because of your story, because of right. what you bring to that. The story is what you bring to it. And it's your circumstances and your talents and your likes and the color you decide to squeeze out and mix up, you know? Absolutely. Well, and Lilla was so helpful in, cause she's a cheerleader also. Yeah. And saying, you know, like people buy your joy mm -hmm. and do what you what's easy for you. And for me at that time too, was making mushy, colorful paintings. It wasn't necessarily doing editorial illustrations in a stylized way or whatever, you know, mm -hmm. I was comparing myself to. And perfect thing to say. I'm so glad you said that because think of all the classes now and there's even that much more comparison. But if you know you want to do mushy, colorful paintings, then that's- because well, we doubt what's easy for us. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, There's a gem. <laughs> it's easy for you to connect people and to, you know, to see their magic and yeah. their uniqueness and all of those, like to be like, boop, 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 boop. I'm going to like put your work on you know, yeah. paper products or whatever the thing is. And to see that, to vision that is such a gift. And that's easy. Or I'm putting words in your mouth, but it looks like that's the easy part. I think we, you're right. We look past that. We think mm -hmm. I should be telling something that's hard. Right? Because you know? there's enough of life that's hard. That's for sure. If you get to choose, try to focus on ease and flow. And then I think Elizabeth Gilbert said this, like everyone has, every job has a shit sandwich. Yeah. So why yeah. not do, like figure out what is. It's a shit your... sandwich. Might as well pick your Pantone colors for it, right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's such and a good point though. I had just been on this two hour intuitive call and that's not something I usually do, but lately I have been just like leaning into like not having, just trusting, being a channel for my paintings, not having to do all the work. My friend Carrie Schmidt, I asked her recently, uh, she's a painter. I was like, how are you so prolific? How are you doing all of this? And she's like, mm -hmm. my ancestors are doing it. I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, that's where <laughs> I want to be. I don't want to have to be efforting like, what color should I be putting on the canvas? Like, let, let it just, whatever you want to call it, source, or maybe you're just, you're letting your intuition and all of the knowledge you've amassed over however many years come out, right? It's in our DNA, honest to God, if you can just tune into it. I mean, we were talking about that too before, where kids, it's so easy because no one's told them no and they haven't told themselves no yet. So all that's there that they can tap into comes out and, and we just limit it. And yeah, it is the ancestors or the intu intuition, man. That's also that's all part of your story. It's all part of your story and no one else. I mean, we're all contributing to this like collective mm -hmm. story and that's where you come into where you can like follow trends and see mm -hmm. that we're all gravitating towards the specific Pantone color, right? right. 
<laughs> but but sometimes too, honestly, I, over the years, pre-internet, you know, I used to do a lot of magazine work and it, they would call up and say, what's the house color of the year going to be? And I'd be like, what am I looking at right now? You know, like <laughs> it just, or I think about it's how, I mean, how do you think it up. somebody intuits that or sits yeah. around and talks about it, but it is, it's based on what, have, what have we been seeing? What have we been seeing in fashion? What have we, but what have we been seeing is depends on who you ask. And so it's yeah. those, it's those stories that, that you start to pull together and it, it depends on the position you're in. So if I'm a, making product and I'm deciding what a trend is, then since I'm making it, I, my voice might be a little louder because <laughs> I'm making it. And that's the right. only, that's the only reason. I know. One of my first jobs pre Lilla was working for a textile design company mm. and it was picking and matching the Pantone colors, this my favorite job and then naming the comforters. It was just oh, bliss. Nice. I was like, I am in my happy place, but it blew my freaking mind that there was like this committee deciding what was trendy. I had yeah. no idea. Cause I had been in art school and I was like, wait, no, we all want to be different. Mm-hmm. We don't want to follow a trend. So yep. that was a huge revelation. But it is. Cause that probably helped inform then. And certainly when you're out there, trying to get commercial work, mm-hmm. you, you do have to pay attention to some of that, some of those things. But I, I feel like if you have a background where you're, you have a bit of an idea what your own voice is, yeah. then you're, you're also your own brand. So you bring your brand and yeah. the trend and decide what's gonna, you know, if you have the luxury decide, I'm not going to do that because it just doesn't fit my style. That's when you start to build that portfolio or whatever that represents the kind of work you want to do. Yeah. Using, yes, that outsource yeah. knowledge and then the internal, like this is what is, yes. Because if you keep me. painting snowmen, that's what people are going to see you paint, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> they're needed, but you know, they're not, <laughs> not, not everyone. desperate. It's not a desperate situation. <laughs> oh my gosh. That is funny. Yeah. But like learning some skills around how to make things marketable is it's a, it's a really good thing. It's a very yeah. smart thing. And I, and it is, it's one that, you know, a, mixing a business brain and a creative brain has always fascinated me because I don't think it's expected. You certainly mm-hmm. have that. I, I, I mean, you're, you have a business, you have a creative business, right? It's certainly driven <laughs> by creativity, but I know. Thanks for the reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> But, I have to pay taxes. <laughs> but we get to decide what that looks like. I mean, you know, I'm sure when you start, you know, when you, when you and Lisa had the, um, the course, you didn't think you were going to be teaching in Morocco, you know? No, I know. Well, and I think if you get to decide, why not make it fun? Like, why not say yes to a conversation with you today? Like, of course, right. I think a lot of my successes or whatever you want to call it, but have been from collaborations and saying a hearty yes to what is in front of me and being discerning with the other things, which is really hard to make those decisions all the time. It is. I, I think collaborating is the, my favorite thing. My best businesses that I've had have definitely come from collaborating because you can bounce something off of somebody. I know. Should we turn left here? You know, whatever that looks like. I know it's such a more of a female approach, but I mean, like, as in like the feminine versus the masculine, right? It's not, we need more of that, right? 
You know what? I still have my um, Pinterest board of our, of the jewelry line we were going to have. Yes. We can still do it. I would love to make jewelry. We yes. still we can still do that. I have the sources. Let's do it. All right. See, this is how it works. Exactly. Look I'm at not my kidding. Big, <laughs> my big ring. <laughs> I know. Mady has this juicy, is it resin or it's some it's, fantastic looking junk, chunky ring. It's this artist from Joshua Tree, Adina Mel, Mills, I think her name is. And oh, it's... Wow. It is actually a stone. Stone. I see that now. I'm forgetting what it was called. Okay, so have you been to Joshua Tree? Yes. Have you been to that stone store? No. Oh, my gosh. Darn There's, it. It's, it's magical. My sister Shelly and I went after Alt Summit this year, and we, we, came, we came away with a lot of really cool things from there. But it's beautiful. I'll, we'll, I'll ask for a picture, and we'll put we'll I put love your bracelet. Yeah, let's just Thank geek you. out. I think the yeah, first time we met was at our mutual friend Lee Stanley's baby shower and yes. we were both like dressed the same. We were we had actually the same clothing. And I've never seen that top ag again. And this is a weird thing, Mady. I had made a vision board and I probably told you that this then, but I had cut out this top and put this top on in the middle of my vision board. I loved it so much. Oh, my I God. know, I know, and but you, it was beautiful. It had a bird like, on the it. Same scarf. We had all the same, so the same stuff. So we're like, all right, we have to do something together. This is obviously fate. Yeah, totally. But it's really good. What's inspiring you these days? Um, what is inspiring me these days? Well, when. So I'm in California and there have been these fires happening, but taking walks with my puppy, yeah. Jigglypuff and Tilden is just my jam. So good to see, you know, in the springtime, it's like this fluorescent yellow and then just like moving it. Now it's more of like this mustard color and that's really grounding for me and so good for a person out. that's so colorful. I mean, you think in such juicy color. I feel like especially with the pandemic and then adding on the fire, like that has been <laughs> the way to escape is through painting. And thank goodness. Thank goodness. I know I'm <clears throat> going to try and get in the studio. It's been a long time, but mm -hmm. I just, I feel like right now, especially we need things to lose ourselves in. And if we're so busy, think we can get so busy thinking about how to keep that business going. But if you're not doing the part that inspires you, it's not going to matter. Right. Do you have a, a thought about, um, like, have you and Faith talked about, like, what's next? Like, what, like how do we even? Right. Well, we've been trying to figure out um, our, well, our Costa Rica retreat is happening, as far as we know, it this April. So it was postponed a year. Okay. And then we're trying to figure out if we go to Morocco or France. And at one point we were writing the Riyadh, the hotel we were staying at in Morocco, we were like, we'd like to book in October of 2022. <laughs> and it was just like, this is what? surreal. Like, we have Sounds no like product idea. development. I, have, I know. We have no idea. We yeah. have no crystal ball right now. No. But, no. Um, but I'm glad you're thinking that you'll pick that back up. Yeah. Right now I'm trying to work on an uplifting online painting class that's, you know, it has like a monthly theme. The first nice. being... I want to call it painted out because that's how I oh, that's know, perfect. process. But the first month is rainbows because I just nice. was like loving painting rainbows during this time. You know how yes. we'd see like all the rainbows on the yes the um, windows, and then yeah. the second month month 
I paint a lot of, or have painted a lot of animals, mm -hmm. some animals. And then You're the so third good. one is like moons and just building I love a that. community through that and having it be uplifting and paint it out and affordable. Mm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I'm thinking of a zoom, um, zoom community, like a once a month or twice a month, but I want to see everybody on one screen. Tw so 24. Yeah. Where we can really dig into what we're working on, what we're doing, just that sense of community mm -hmm. where there's actually feedback. I love it. You know, because mm -hmm. I think that really matters. I just don't, I just feel yeah. like often in big courses, people get lost and, and everybody's working just as hard. And I want to be able to give feedback so, and right to really see each other. Give and, the love. Yes. Yeah. I would love to see that. But you've been working with Dish. Deshay. Yes. I, I always so, butcher her name, which Deshay. is because I have the same hard to pronounce name. Deshay Peacock. I met, she's going to come on this podcast she's as so is Lilla sorry. coming up. Um, Deshay is a fantastic, she just does a lot. Of, she's a very visual person. She's a creative. She's a dreamer, dreams for others as well. Mm -hmm. And Katie, I found her because you, you said you had a, like a, one hour session with her or something and you posted it in your stories and I just happened yeah. to catch it. And I was like, Oh, I, I need to check this out. And, and she was, she was, she is a coach and she teaches some really fantastic things and they're not mainstream. I mean, they're creative, but they're just slightly down a different mm -hmm. tiny alley, which I love. And she helped me so much just kind of move my needle. Yes. Well, I, yeah, she's really smart. I met her in San Miguel de Ande, Mexico, of course, right? Mm -hmm. And um, I had followed her online and we just happened to both be there. I was teaching an art retreat and it was just, yeah, like with you, like so kindred. Yeah. And then she was teaching um, her how to grow your email list. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good And one. that was something that for me had totally plateaued. But I realized like with my story around my online course, that if I hadn't had, I think at that point, maybe a couple thousand people yeah. on my email list, I wouldn't have been able to sell my class, right? And so that was just everything I realized. And so she really helped me grow that. And since then, we've been like occasional accountability buddies. Yeah, she's a good one. Email, I mean, that's such a good, as far as a business tip goes, and I know people talk about this, but we don't own any of these followers, right? We don't, we can put a post out, who knows who sees it. And we right. could, the whole thing could get taken down tomorrow. We've heard way too many horror stories of that. So if we don't have an email list. Or we may no longer be in integrity with these like yes. Facebook or, or, you know, Instagram or well whatever. Said. Yeah. Like we just might be like, no, I don't think so. I do not go on Facebook, but Instagram, I love, but I really get addicted. I know. That's the thing. I feel like, think of how much time we would have. Think of how much more studio time we would have if we weren't online, you yeah. know? I'd rather know. listen to a good book or listen to a podcast or something. I know. Well, I can't wait to listen to all of your podcasts. It's fun. I have a long list of favorite people I would love to talk to, so it's, it's happening. It's perfect. I'm so Thank glad you, you did this. Thank you. Tell okay. me who's inspiring you right now. Who is inspiring yes, me? Yes, give me three. Well, my neighbor, Andrea, is, I've really been 
because of our times, like loving my neighbors so much, but she is just such a bright light. She's Andrea Shearer. Yeah. She's a life coach. She's a Renaissance woman. Um, How nice she's your neighbor. I know it's so nice, especially like in the beginning of the pandemic when we really felt like we could not, you know, see anyone to just check in over the fence and be like, Hey, Mm. (laughs) Um, but she hosted um, a gratitude letter writing party recently, just, you know, with a few of our neighbors. Oh, I love that. um, Is just, yeah, I feel like has been such a buoy during this time. That's fantastic. Yeah. Just has fun ideas. with. That's a good one. Yeah. I know. Two more. Two more people that are inspiring. Two more me. people who inspire you. Mm. Um, can be anything. Well, this can count as one, but Charlie's daughters, Sammy and Stella, they're 13 and almost 15. Yeah. And they're just, they're just so creative. And um, like last night, we were playing <laughs> family feud online and they're just like, I don't know. They're, they're just like, I mean, they're younger, so they have like a better sense of tech. Right. So right. they're able to um, mirror it on the TV and just do oh, all of gosh. these things. And Sammy's into coding and it's just badass. I'm like, yeah, I love generation. that so much. I, I just love that for you that, that life that you met Charlie in it and it has gone this way and that you have two people that inspire you two more people I know they're really pretty fantastic I know smart strong um and then who else is inspiring me well that could be my three those are that's three that counts I just like asking because I feel like it it can change every day right I mean we have those big ones like you know Alexander Calder is always going to inspire me but you inspire me. Lots of people inspire me. So thank you. Oh, yeah. You, you mean artists. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know. <laughs> uh, I guess I was thinking just. No, I mean, I mean in general. I really yeah. do. I think that's I a better way to answer. Otherwise, we kind of all say the same thing. But I know. Seriously. I love it. Oh, thank but you, Margo. Thanks, matey. Thanks for being here. I just love talking to you. I miss you. too. I'd love to do this regularly. Big love. Hey, thanks so much for being here with me today. I just love these conversations. They mean the world to me. I love being able to share with you these wonderful people that I have met along the way. They mean so much. So if you want to check out the show notes or my favorites or anything like that, head on over to tantostudio.com and I'll have everything there, all the details that we've talked about today. So again, thanks so much for being here and feel free to head over to wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple or Spotify, and leave a review for Windowsill Chats and subscribe. I will see you next week. I so appreciate you lovelies. Thanks for being here.